All right, let's get back into this Paul Bernardo situation. We've talked about it uh, earlier this week. Mary Campbell um, is one of the architects of the law that governs how Canada's prison system operates. Okay, she's uh, a lawyer, and for years she served as Director General of the Corrections and Criminal Justice Directorate within the Public Safety Department in 2013. She retired, um, but she was one of the people that came up with sort of the the law that governs how we operate prisons in this country. Um, she says it's understandable that people want revenge on killer and serial rapist Paul Bernardo, but that's not what the system is designed for. Um, she goes on to say, broadly speaking, the system has a mandate to rehabilitate offenders. Uh, that doesn't apply to Paul Bernardo. He's never getting out of jail. What are we rehabilitating him for? Um, and she goes on to say she understands why people might want to see him kept there in maximum security. But she said the criteria for transferring an inmate to another penitentiary, quote, is not based on revenge. We as a country gave up torture quite a while ago. And we're pretty critical of other countries that engage in torture, which is an absolutely ridiculous statement. Because in order for you to accept that as a legitimate argument in this conversation, you would have to somehow come to the agreement that we've been torturing Paul Bernardo for 30 years that we've been holding him in a maximum security institution, but not anymore because we don't believe in torture. We haven't been torturing him. We weren't going to torture him. We were just saying uh, we need to continue keeping him held in a maximum security institution. That's what this is about. Um, but that's the response from the person who came up to the, the law. But the law is important here, and that's sort of what I want to get to. We're going to have a conversation with um, Adam Rogers, who is a lawyer and a legal commentator. Adam, thank you for your time. I appreciate you joining us today. Well, thanks for having me on, Shay. Thanks. Yeah, you know, this, this conversation about this, like, there is a law. There are rules. I mean, it's not a checklist, I wouldn't think, but there are, this this decision is made following a, a protocol, right? I mean, that's how we determine who gets held at what level of security and when they get moved to another one. There is a procedure in place, right? There is, and uh, Ms. Campbell's comments there, I think, reflect what I'm seeing generally, which is those people that are within the justice system you know, lawyers, sheriffs, others don't necessarily see this as all that controversial. While outside of that, in the general public, people do. And uh, so I think that's part of where her comments are coming from. And I think that's part of that. That's the biggest part, because I think you're right in terms of if you're within the, the, the system of the correction system of Canada, you're saying, well, this is what we do with everybody. This is how we handle it. But if you're if you're a regular Canadian outside, we know that there's questions about our justice system. A lot of Canadians have concerns. They don't have a lot of faith in our justice system. And this feeds into that. So you're right. There's different perceptions about what's supposed to happen here. Oh, yeah. Like. I was in court this morning and speaking with sheriffs about the Bernardo situation. And they're like, well, you know, we transfer prisoners all the time. Some of the more serious offenders may not necessarily be in maximum security prisons and all of those things. But, uh, you know, I think, like, I wonder, Shay, if people remember how serious this situation was when it first unfolded back in 1992, 93. I mean, Bernardo is really the worst, the worst. Oh. Like, uh, he was, you know, this was... You know, torture, rape, uh, he videotaped some of it. Uh, you know, this is, he admitted to, I think, 14 other uh, rapes, uh, yep. sexual assaults. So this guy is as bad as it gets. 
Exactly. If you take a look at the hierarchy of awful Canadian criminals, you've probably got him, Clifford Olson, and, and maybe Picton. I think th- those three would be in a class by themselves. So when when we talk about, you know, uh, the system that's in place and what Mary Kelly was talking about, we've already declared this guy a dangerous offender. Nobody's under the uh, the impression this guy's ever going to walk out of jail uh, uh, alive. So, I mean, the rules are already different for Bernardo, aren't they? They are different. And I wonder, in a way, almost, you know, why he's why he's bothering to try to get changed to a different prison. My, what I'm hearing and reading is that this prison in Quebec, this medium security prison, has some other treatment uh, options for sexual offenders. But it's hard to, you know, why bother with Bernardo? You know, he, yeah. has, he served his 25 years of, uh, you know, before he was eligible for parole. He's had two parole hearings since then. In each case, it took half an hour in the first case, an hour in the second case for the parole board to deny him parole. And they said things like he has limited insight, he's not been completing programming, he had no release plan. So I'm not sure why all of a sudden we're all concerned about, or anybody's concerned about, him getting programming. How much of it, Adam, is just uh, this is what we do? This we're, we're a country of laws, and this is what the law says we do, and, and we we don't change the rules. This is you know, like you say, he's eligible for a parole hearing, so he's going to get it. He's eligible for reevaluation in terms of his incarceration status, so he's going to get it. We just this is what we do, so 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 we're going to do it. Well, if that seems to be the explanation. I yeah. don't think many people would find it a satisfactory one. I mean, if those are the rules, then maybe the rules are wrong. Like, why Why every two years? Like, shouldn't there be some sort of minimum threshold that he has to cross before he's eligible? Because that's, a, you know, every two years, that means that the, you know, the, the French and the Hoffi families are coming back to relive their experiences, and which is very unfair to them. I mean, it's, a, you know, so those kinds of rules... Just because they're in place doesn't mean they're the right rules. And ultimately, getting back to that conversation we were having about the perception of what this system is meant to do, I think there's a real disconnect. I think in whoever's running this system, and I don't know who signed the transfer papers, but to me, I mean, I know Doug Ford wants the head of Correction Services of Canada to to be fired. I don't know. they, They might not have even known what was going on. But somebody, it seems to me, has a major disconnect with what Canadians want to see this system doing and the fact that there's a lack of trust among a lot of Canadians. And this just feeds into it. I mean, the the system, there's that, you know, you, you said you were speaking with sheriffs and police. I'll guarantee you they talk all the time about how the justice system lets them down, right? And this just oh, is yeah. more of that, right? Absolutely. You know, I think Canadians want to see whatever the worst thing that we're allowed to do to somebody done to Bernardo. and right. But there are limits to that, you know, and the sure. courts have said, and there's charter rights to against cruel and unusual punishment. And, you know, even solitary confinement over a long period of time can be considered uh, cruel punishment. But whatever the limits are, I think that's what people want to see applied to Bernardo. I mean, we're not allowed to torture him. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe he should be tortured, but we're not allowed to. We're not going to. Okay, uh, that's whatever the limits are. And the limits seem to be a maximum security prison with, you know, very little contact with anybody. And you make a good point. In terms of the maximum, we... We, we declared him a dangerous offender. We gave him dangerous offender status. I mean, a life sentence in this country is 25 years, and you're eligible for parole after I don't know how long. He doesn't have any of that. We've already changed the rules enough for Bernardo where he's not getting out of jail, right? I mean, in terms of doing the worst that we can, that's dangerous offender status, isn't it? It is, and he is, you know, this is the most serious sentence that can be handed down. A dangerous offender, that means it's indeterminate. Yeah, for- that means he is, you know, he he's very likely to... Uh, reoffend if he gets out. He is intractable. 
and that has been declared. And, you know, so he's been in 25, 30 years now, and the parole board is still saying he has limited insight, yeah. has not completed any program. So, you know, I, I don't see the point at this stage in trying to rehabilitate this man. Yeah, he's, he knows he's not getting out. I mean, that's probably why he's not engaged. No, he's just waiting his time, right? That's it. And he's in his late 50s now. Yeah. And, you know, that's where he is going to be the rest of his life. Yeah, exactly. Adam, thanks so much for being here. I appreciate your time.